Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. What is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau? There's certainly been a lot of things going on with it in recent months. And we're going to take a look at the CFPB and find out how it impacts consumers and specifically within the organization, what one of its particular rulings called the payday loan, how it's impacted consumers, because that's what we're all about, taking a look at how consumers are affected. My guest today is John Burlaw. He is a senior fellow with the Competitive Enterprise Institute. So, John, tell us, what is the Competitive Enterprise Institute? We are a free market uh, nonprofit think tank based in D.C. have been around for, thir- for 30 years looking at how regulations um, affect consumers and ordinary investors and entrepreneurs and trying to remove regulatory barriers that don't uh, serve the purpose of health and safety and protecting consumers from fraud, but just frustrate consumers' decisions and leave them with less choices. We want them to have more choices to be allowed to take the risks that they want to and to prosper in this economy. In other words, free enterprise. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's and competitive let's, enterprise and competitive exactly. I think competitive is an important word in there. Thank you. Um, yes. Okay. So let's take a look at the CFPB overall. Well, they're having some real controversy right there right now. What's going on in terms of who's actually in the leadership position? Well, there are two people who claim that they are that they should be acting director. And so this has caused, you know, some confusion for the thousands of employees who who, uh, who work there. But uh, Richard Cordray was resigning, and it was um, assumed that President Trump would be appointing an acting director. But then on the last day, um, Mr. Cordray appointed uh, Leandra English as uh, his deputy director. And so... And this was hours before he, res- he, 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 he resigned. And so now she is claiming that she, under Dodd-Frank, which is the law that created the CFPB, should be, direct, uh, should be uh, acting director because this allows uh, – Do- Dodd-Frank says that uh, the, uh, is the deputy director in the absence of the director is the acting director – but President Trump is saying still, you know, that Dodd-Frank didn't repeal the uh, Federal Vacancies Act, which allows the president to appoint acting directors when there is a vacancy. And he points out that Dodd-Frank uh, – and uh, so he appointed Mick Mulvaney, and Mulvaney points out, and, and others have, that this Dodd-Frank didn't say said absence, not vacancy, and that it didn't repeal the Federal Vacancies Act so far, on the, uh, the, the CFPB's actual general counsel agreed with uh, Pre- President Trump and acting director Mulvaney that President Trump had the authority to do so. A federal court refused to remove Mulvaney, and Director English's, Director English had, uh, Deputy Director English had filed uh, a suit saying she was acting director. But so far, a court has, uh, D.C. District Court has refused to remove, remove the, uh, their and even some liberal legal scholars who strongly disagree with President Trump on a lot of issues, like Akhil Lamar of Yale Law School, says that President Trump has this authority under the statutes and under the Constitution to appoint an acting director until a new director is nominated and then confirmed by the Senate. 
So it sounds like uh, Mulvaney will stay as the acting director, but uh, is the, the suit by English, is that still going forward? Oh, yes, it is. Who's paying for it? Now, that is a very good question. They, um, I think one of her lawyers said that, uh, that she wasn't paying for it, but they haven't really disclosed, I mean, who the parties are uh, paying, paying for it. So very, that's the thing. very that's- interesting how some money starts showing up to support uh, things like this. Um, okay, so let's, let's assume that Mulvaney is going to prevail, that President Trump will prevail, and that Mulvaney will be the acting director um, I assume he's an interim. I, I think that's what the, the word has been, that he will be the interim director to to make some changes within the bureau. And I think that's the reason a lot of people are objecting. Um, now, I know that that CEI has taken a hard look at some of the things that the bureau has done. And one of the things that has come on the radar recently um, that I've been hearing about is the payday loans. Now, as I understand it, payday loans are how a lot of people at least used to survive between paychecks. I've heard some people refer to them as predatory, but I'm I'm not sure. I'm I, The jury's out as far as I'm concerned on whether payday loans are a good thing or a bad thing. From what I've heard from consumers who use them, they seem to think they're a very good thing. What is going on? Tell us about the payday loan re- rule and what uh, what it, what it's meant to accomplish. Well, you're right. We have research on consumers' use of payday loans uh, at CEI.org, our website. In fact, we have a new paper coming up by my colleague, Daniel uh, Press. And they're not the perfect option, but they're often the least worst option. Say, if your car breaks down, and if a consumer's car breaks down, a poor consumer, and they, they need, like, a, say, you know, $500 or something, it's, uh, you, it's, it's, it's an option that's better than, you know, missing work because of a car broken down or being evicted because you haven't paid your rent. And so banning these or restricting these strongly doesn't get rid of the need for these. And the question is, what are the options uh, after that? And there are a lot of less pleasant options, including some, you know, of the old real uh, loan sharks, the, you know, the Mm-hmm. underworld type of law. To break your leg if where, you don't pay. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. So it's sort of like, what is, the, what is the alternative? This rule would, there are a lot of state rules that cap the interest rates of loans. And those, I mean, those can be debated. Them, those are the usury lo- laws, right? Usury laws, mm-hmm. yes. And the, um, uh, but the, and Dodd-Frank, which created the CFPB, interestingly enough, under the Democrats, actually specifically prevented uh, or restricted the CFPB from actually imposing any type of interest rate cap on uh, financial products. It said Mm -hmm. that should be uh, the prerogative of the state. Because that would be anti-competitive in one way, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah, yes, certainly would be. Um, But what the CFPB has done is they've come up with a rule which really, I think, objectively, you look at it, makes no sense, where they've said lenders uh, who make these loans have to verify, with some narrow exceptions, the ability to repay the loans, and or will face penalties if, 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 they, if they don't. And the question is, who's to judge that? And also, ability to repay here, as opposed to ability to repay for mortgage, is really fitting a square peg in a round hole because 
if you really had an ability to repay a short-term loan, you'd do it with a credit card. You wouldn't go out and get a payday loan in the first place. And so that's why the interest rates are higher, because the lender is taking the risk risk that somebody won't repay. Right. Yeah, we're going to take a brief pause here, but I want to come back and discuss this. How how can a lender know whether or not somebody's going to repay? Anyway, let's just take a brief pause and let our listeners know they're tuned into Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is John Burlaw. He is a senior fellow with the Competitive Enterprise Institute, and we're talking about the payday loan and how it impacts consumers. Now, you you were talking about the, the, the ability to repay the loan. Now, from what I gather, payday loans have been used by about 12 million people a year to, to tide them over in dire circumstances or whatever. Um, and as I understand it also, this is not a Long-term loan, this is a loan that you get short-term that you have to pay back within a certain period of time. And you're saying that the payday loan rule that is passed by the CFPB requires that the lender be able to certify that the person is going to be able to pay it back. What's the, what, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little astonished at that. What, what does that mean? And that's a very good question. It, it means it means it's going to be a lot of a lot of lot more red tape for consumers and for lenders when they get the loans. A lot more are going to be denied credit. I mean, even in I mean, there are various tests. People know that it means that basically getting a payday loan is going to be much more like getting a mortgage, which is not going to suit a lot of people when the loan has to be gotten mm-hmm. in, an, in for an unplanned emergency, like when a car breaks down. Mm-hmm. Well, is and it, even and it, would it uh, wouldn't it ultimately lead to those uh, those loans? It, let's say that they're approved, ultimately costing the consumer more because of the regulations that the lender is going to have to go through. Yes, all these costs, all the costs of of, regu- of, of, regu- of regulations, even the worthwhile ones. I mean, are pa- are passed on to uh, to consumers. That somebody has to pass to pay the cost, and either uh, the the business doesn't offer the product, or they or they charge more for it, or it deters competition. Mm-hmm. And we you know talked about competitive enterprises dude, from entering into the market and giving the consumer a better deal. So the the whole saying, there's no such thing as a free lunch. That these costs right. are going to be uh, passed. There's no such thing as invisible costs. They're going to be passed on in some way. Well, I believe you all have estimated that there's going to be about $11 billion loss in consumer credit um, because of this. Yes, yes, we we've we've made made some uh, made some estimates. Others others have too that this is just really going to uh, um, you know put like a, a really just a a, a big hole there and uh, raise questions about you know what are going to be the alternatives because it certainly won't get rid of the need that there's you know, that the federal Federal Reserve has found that two thirds of Americans making less than forty thousand dollars you know would have to borrow money to pay an unexpected four hundred dollar mm-hmm. bill and we can debate you know what <laughs> that, that's not a good thing and what what to do about it but in the meantime it's a fact it's and a reality away, exactly a legal you know a legal option the question is you know what is going to happen i mean more people are probably going to be using 
you know, the, 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 I mean, best case scenario is more people use things like pawn shop and rent to own, which have their own drawbacks. You know, pawn shops, maybe people mm-hmm. don't want to put up a wedding ring or whatever, mm-hmm. something precious to them to have to have to get money. But the, the worst part is going to be the possibly. And in fact, there was a report in in New York about this, that you're seeing a rise of uh, of illegal illegal loan illegal loan, loan sharks. sharks where mm-hmm. there literally are the leg breakers if you if you don't pay back a loan just like you prohibit all types of activity we just had celebrated repeal day for alcohol you know you organize crime and uh, a shady illegal element gets involved in the business there's a need there and somebody's going to find a way to meet it whether it's legal or not so uh, right exactly now here's the thing that that I'm interested in what was the impetus behind this to begin with? What kind of data convinced the CFPB that they really needed to pass a payday loan to protect these vulnerable consumers? Well, we would argue that they that they that they cherry picked the data. They used some things about consumers. They they used terms like the cycle, like the cycle of debt, where you know sometimes you know somebody doesn't pay it off in the two weeks, and they and they will and they will roll it over, and sometimes mm-hmm. the, well, I'm sure that happens, sure. There, yeah. So, so that's and that's the thing, and 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 people's finances weren't you know <laughs> they wouldn't t- have taken the loans in the first place if their finances were were solid. So therefore, you know the the concern about debt, and then that is that is legitimate a legitimate concern, but they didn't. Look at some other data, like um, a professor at George Washington University were finding you know, that 88 percent of people who have these are are satisfied. That mm-hmm. um, there's a, a there's a book by um, a fairly liberal, uh, uh, politically liberal law professor um, Lisa Servan at the University of Pennsylvania mm-hmm. called "The Unbanking of America." Where she actually worked as a loan teller, uh, payday for uh, payday loans, and found that you know that people, <laughs> uh, believe it or not, liked the service, and actually that tipped her even say even sometimes after 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 getting mm-hmm. a uh, getting a loan. So just the whole thing, I'm pawn shops too. I mean, it can be it can be less and studies have found it can be less intimidating than for many consumers mm-hmm. than going in, than going into a bank. Now these all, are you know, these are businesses that may be set up in your neighborhood and a person goes in there and takes out a short-term loan, they're going to pay more than they would if they went to the bank, but they can't go to the bank because they don't have the credit to get a loan through the bank, right? Or to get a credit card to use to pay off this sudden emergency debt. Now, what kind of statistics do you have in terms of how many people actually carry over these loans from week to week? Is that part of what the CFPB was basing their, their ruling on? Um, yes, it, it depends. It depends on what you on uh, how you look at it, the data. <laughs> it depends on how you how you look at the data. And the question is, it's as I said, it's it's one thing as far as far as you know if you if you do it for um, for if you do it for two weeks or three weeks. And and I I think there's a whole like in California it was twenty five percent that you know pay them off on mm-hmm. on on time. So I would say most. Most people, the data would say most people, at least that I'm familiar with, and there's new data being being conducted, would pay these off um, uh, in uh, it might exceed exceed the, exceed the two weeks, but hardly anyone would go a year. And mm-hmm. it's interesting with that when you talk about the 300 percent or whatever annual percentage rate, um, that's you know only if you don't pay off the loan for a year and it keeps going week to week. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, like say 18 dollars on 100 dollars is is uh, is you know you pay you owe back. It adds up. <laughs> eighteen dollars, but, right. but it, it it doesn't add up if you pay if you actually 
actually pay it in its in its uh, in its duration. Now, it's a legitimate question to ask: Do we need to create new type of short term loans that you know that are like say six month loans or other things? Um, and you know, what are their state law barriers to that with their uh, use recap and other things. I did, you know, I wrote a paper on that at CEI.org, and we have another one uh, by my colleague coming up. Mm-hmm. But so you're looking for solutions, the, right. right? Okay. Without, 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 an, without an alternative, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just reckless in our opinion. Because it's going to leave a lot of people really out in the out in the cold, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So, what do you think is going to happen on this? Is there any? Uh, wait a minute. You know, before I, we before you answer that, let's just take a brief pause here to let our listeners know they're tuned into of consuming interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is John Burlaw. He is a senior fellow with the Competitive Enterprise Institute. And we're talking about the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and the payday loan, which affects an awful lot of people. Um, I think, what was it, 12 million Americans use payday loans sometimes? Yes. Yeah, yes. and that's that's a significant amount of the population. Um, is this rule, is it is it in effect now? Has it really shut off payday loans or made an impact in terms of people getting them? The rule is people people always react to a to a rule even before it's in effect, but it is not in a, in in effect now. Okay. And with every rule, Congress has sixty legislative days, so sixty days of Congress mm-hmm. is in session to vote it down under something called the Congressional Review Act. Right, and, and you think that might a, happen? It might because there's been a resolution uh, introduced to to vote it down, and there are, there are three Democrats. You know, uh, Congressman Hastings of uh, of Florida, who's uh, cellular of, of of Texas, and uh, Colin Peterson of, Min- of Minnesota. And this is this is a rule. Another CFPB was recently overturned. The one that uh, you know uh, having to do with having to do with consumers and our and uh, and arbitration that mm-hmm. it, it doesn't. It, it's it's these rules are not subject to the filibuster, so you could get uh you know a, get a uh, simple a, vote a, majority a simple yep. majority vote to uh to vote this down well, what, it, what else said, do you see coming out of the the well what what moves has mulvaney taken to to rein in some of the what some people call um overreaching or overwhelming overarching uh rulings coming from the cfpb is this going to require when he goes in and wants to make changes to the the bureau does this have to go through Congress? How does it do? I mean, you can tell I don't know anything about the workings of how something like this comes into being and how you make changes to it. He has put a lot of the rules on hold, and um, which 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 we, which we which we applaud. I mean, there should be there should be a time time out. He's actually looked at some of the some of the lawsuits that also the CFPB has been filed where they've also been criticized and courts have uh, have have reined them in about you know uh broad civil investigative demands and applying a law retroactively that when when the laws were enforced by other agencies they said practice was okay and then the CFPB said no you were wrong and you were wrong when even the other agencies mm-hmm. said this was okay there's a database of consumer mortgage and 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 uh credit card data that uh which is entered without consumers consent for the CF, CFP that the CFPB collects he's which is really I I've written about it as a threat to a threat to privacy oh boy I didn't know that, that. Mm-hmm. so that's 
a good thing you can read about that at CEI.org. But there's not, I mean, as acting director and even with the next director, there's very, there are some things that Congress has to do to make it to more make accountable. Mm-hmm. Well, now, and, this is the only, this is a unique, unique agency among government agencies, isn't it? Is there any other one that is so autonomous? The D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, um, Judge Kavanaugh in a case called PHH versus CFPB um, uh, in in last year said no other um, public official is as powerful as this and and unaccountable as I mean or as as this uh, or has less restraint on him as as a CFPB director other than the president of the United States Mm -hmm. because this is pretty powerful. This is the only one, uh, just about the only, uh, uh, there may be one or two more set up like this, and then it was not agency, not nearly the size, nearly the power, where Mm -hmm. it's an agency with a single director. So unlike the FEC, the SEC, where there's a commission, a bipartisan Mm -hmm. commission, but yet that director, unlike somebody with a cabinet agency, is not removable in the statute by uh, at will by the president. Mm-hmm. There's a very long bur- uh, burden where you ha- can only remove for willful misconduct mm-hmm. or inefficiency, neglect of duty, very tough restrictions. So, I mean, what some of the liberal listeners or Democrat listeners should be acting is what if, you know, uh, Elizabeth Warren or some other Democrat gets elected in 2020, Trump's uh, President Trump's appointee is going is uh, going to be there because you know that he just needs fifty one to confirm them, and will be serving a five year term, and then there will be nothing that uh, the Democratic president uh, can do to to remove this. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Appointee. Yeah, yeah. It it seems a little bit. Well, it's a little unusual to say the least uh, the way it's structured. But at any rate, so the paid back to the payday loans uh, uh, that may be changing or not depends on what Congress decides to do and whether it comes under the, the Congressional Review Act, which can make uh, give Congress the authority to make changes to it. Is that correct? It can give Congress the authority to to throw the rule out. Okay, so right, uh, yeah. And what kind of feedback have you all gotten from consumers in terms of the payday loan? Well, we have a forthcoming study, I keep mentioning that, where we mm-hmm. talk about uh, my colleague Daniel Press goes through the, the, the he talks about, uh, I'm just reading from the paper now, giving mm-hmm. this 22-year-old single mother from o- o- from Oakland, uh, California, mm-hmm. and, and, and others that, you know, that the... the uh, and you know, had looked at looked at some of the stories, talked to some consumers and and others. Where it's just it's not a perfect option. Nothing in life is perfect, mm-hmm. but it can be it can be the uh, the least bad option when you compare with other things, like including being late on a utility bill, yeah, um, other happens. other things. I mean, one of the things about payday loans also is that they don't they often don't don't affect your credit report that if you get paid a loan so the question is if if you're late for a bill that can affect the credit score mm-hmm. if you get the that from I'm not recommending I'm not making any kind of right I mean you're just stating a fact alone uh uh that 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 would you know that that could you know you're still you know out the out the money but that's um but that you know your 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 credit score is is isn't affected so there are other th- other things I mean 
It's just, you know, the whole issues of renting, renting to it's own. It's complex, you... John. Let's yeah. face it. The whole area of finance is complex. And, and when you get into low-income people who are having de- debt problems, it gets even more difficult. And, um, yeah, I mean, what you were looking for is solutions. You want to change what exists, and you're looking at other ways that you can make short-term loans available to consumers without such a burden on them as it is would be placed there now with a payday loan. So interesting, interesting subject. Uh, what is your website? How do people find you? CEI.org. CEI.org. Your nonprofit, as Call for Action is. You are. You are. Well, thank you, John, for giving us a look at payday loans and a little bit of what's happening in the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Interesting times we live in, John. Very interesting. Thank you, Shirley. Thank you so much for being with us. You've been listening to Of Consuming Interest. My guest has been John Burlaw. He is a senior fellow with the Competitive Enterprise Institute. Their website is cei.org. And I'm Shirley Rooker. You can reach me at Shirley at callforaction.org. You're listening to us right here on Federal News Radio. Thank you for joining us. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP.